told you last week we was going to be going through something. Now, we're going to start going through the Sermon on the Mount. I don't, I'm not going to tell you we're going to do it every week. I know we're going to do it. I don't know how long it'll take, but I know we're going to do it. I don't know if God's going to throw something else in next week. I don't know. I, I serve Him and do what He asks me to do. And by the way, I can't do it without him. I can sit up here and read scripture to you. I can give you examples. I can even throw a joke out every now and again and make you laugh. But it's not about being entertained. It's about getting closer to the Lord. Time is getting short. And I'm going to tell you, we need the Lord Jesus Christ this morning more than ever. People have been trusting him for 2,000 years. The church has grown around the world because of the people that were taking the gospel out, because of the people that were trusting in him and holding on to him. That's why this thing is standing. That's why this thing will stand until he takes it out of here. Local churches might not be standing, oh, but the church, his body, it's going to do just fine. It's going to make it. He's going to see us through and don't we have to lean on him? Somebody using Sunday school this morning. I might get off track here, but that'll be all right. I think it was Allison. Did you do that, Allie, about this thing like leaning on Jesus? I can't walk without this. Y'all seen me do a few little steps up here, but I'm got right legs just kicking in doing it. This thing's hitting down there. But I can't walk normal. I can't put my weight on it. It's still very, very sensitive and it hurts. So I have to have some kind of assistance. And I'm going to tell you, if you're hurting this morning, there's some assistance and it comes from the Lord. The Holy Ghost will come in and you can lean on Him. You can lean on the Word of God and hang on to it and He's going to help you through. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil, he likes to get us down. The devil likes to beat up on us. Don't he? But we got an advocate. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now that means something if he's in you. If he ain't in you, it don't mean a hill of beans. And that's kind of where we're going this morning. Thank you for throwing out out there, listening to Jesus. Marshall and Barbara, I'm glad to see y'all. I didn't get back there to see you last week, but I'm moving about like a snail. So good to see y'all this morning. Who'd I miss? Tried to get to everybody. Tammy, I didn't get over you. You doing okay? All right. Hang on to the Lord. We're praying for you. So we're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 5. Well, this thing goes all the way through chapter 7. You've got 5, 6, and 7. As a matter of fact, there are a whole lot of things he talks about, the Beatitudes. That's what the first thing we're going to hit on. We're not going to hit them all, by the way. That's why I said it's going to take some time. I had a lot of time to do a lot of reading, a lot of praying, a lot of seeking God out. And Jesus had been going around and touching people and healing people. He turned water to wine. He'd been in the wilderness before that. Well, the Spirit led him, and one place says that it kind of pushed him out there. He had to go and have that wilderness experience. It was 
an example for us. I believe that it was for his flesh side of him. That he would be able to do what the Father sent him so he could stay focused. So we've got things in here that throughout the Beatitudes, you know, uh, being salt and light and, and murder begins in the heart. I'm just hitting the, the, the high notes here that it talks about. Adultery is in the heart. Um, love your enemies. The Lord's Prayer talks to us about fasting, how to please God, laying up treasures in heaven. Don't worry, don't judge, ask and knock, ask, seek and knock. The narrow way, I touched last week on the message I did on the very last part of this, and it says build on the rock. Well, who's the rock? And that would make what? This is the rock. Sometimes hard to swallow, I know it is, but this is the rock. So let's go ahead and start reading. Verse number one, we're going to go down to, we'll go to verse 10. We'll stop there. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are, uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What in the world does all that mean? Jesus is up on a mountain and he has a bunch of people following. They've seen the works he's done. They've brought people to him to be touched. They've been healed. They have received something from the Lord. And wherever he's going, they're going. It says his disciples. These people followed him where he was going and they sat down. He's up on a mountain. Miss Geraldine, I didn't know you were going to sing that song this morning. You see how God works stuff out? Oh, ain't he glorious? Because he is the God on the mountain. He was speaking from the mountain right here. He was teaching these people. And I may get off on this. If I do, let's sit down and discuss it and talk about it. But I saw some things I've never saw before. They sat down and listened to what he had to say. And if you'll look through the, through the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to find that the, the areas that he is talking about you will find them throughout the New Testament and in the Old Testament about how to walk. He was telling them, blessed. And it means happy. Everybody got a big, nice, toothy smile this morning? Let me look around and see them. Blessed means that you're happy. 
you ain't happy this morning. Is everything okay? All right, y'all be careful. Blessed means happy. If you're not happy this morning, there's something in the Sermon on the Mount that's going to help you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's the one we're going to cover this morning. You see, it's going to take a while to do this. I pray I don't have any breaks in this other than what God wants to do, but I pray that I can be up here and, and doing this and walking through this. You see, it's easy to get to a place that we get unhappy. It's easy to get to a place that the cares of life and the cares of this world and the strain and, the, and all of that gets into the place that we lose happiness. Blessedness would be another way of saying it. But what Jesus is laying out here for us throughout all of this, he is saying that he's given us the blueprint to happiness. It only happens that way. You know, the Bible says, but with God, all things are possible, right? But it has to be with God. Can't take any of this out. Can't change any of this. Can't bend it to fit what we want it to fit. It has to be the Word of God. Period. Because anything else, you won't be with God, and therefore, all things are not possible. But with God, all things are possible. And so he gave us the blueprint to have this happiness that we're to have. It's, it's the foundations for building our life. Now, if I was a Christian and Sweetie wouldn't, it would be a difficult thing, wouldn't it? The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Let me help you. I'm going to say it again. I've said it a bunch of times over the years. Ain't got nothing to do with race. Got everything to do. Got everything to do being unequally yoked with unbelievers. And so these are the building stones. It would be very hard for me to build if me and her are one and she's always bucking. Or vice versa. Let's just call me the bad guy and she's the good guy. It's hard for me to build my life. It's hard for me to build my home if I don't have what God has for us. He's given us Oh, we're going to go through some things. Again, I get an amen on that. Everybody know what I'm talking about? There's some sick people this morning. And you don't want to know something. I believe with all my heart the cancers that are floating around, God can heal them. The stuff that's going on inside of here, God can heal it. I also know he may call you home. But it's about his will, isn't it? That's what Jesus said. We learned that in Sunday school this morning. He was praying in the garden, and he asked three times for the cup to pass him. He didn't want to go through the humiliation and things he was going to face, but most of all, he did not want to have separation from the Father because that had to happen in order for him to atone for our sins. That's why he sweat great drops of blood. And here he is, just before that, this is the beginning of his ministry, He's going now and telling people, hey, you want to know the secret to life? Everybody wants to know the secret to life, right? The next beauty thing that's out there, you sit up late enough at night, and they'll try to sell you everything. And if you call quickly, you can get two for the price of one. Just pay extra shipping and handling. 
Am I right? And so, here we have Jesus teaching these people, and he's giving them the foundation. You see, he's trying to show us where happiness lies. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to move real quick here, but I have to say that those three or four months that I was in a bed, I mean, other than couldn't roll over, man, I hated that. Can't get on my back now, can I, sweetie? I'm making up for lost time, but I have to say that that was a very peaceful time for me. Not knowing what the outcome was, but I know that, well, my Lord knows what's best, and I'm going to get to where I need to be according to His will. Amen? And I had a lot of peace. Sweetie was taking care of the bills. Brother Murphy's taking care of the church. I had nothing banging on me other than Marshall Dillon shooting at bad guys. <laughs> and a lot of time in the Word, didn't I, sweetie? I had a lot of time in the Word seeking God. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better preacher. I want to be a better leader. How about you? And here he's given us the formula. That's how we can have this happiness, this peacefulness. And he's not talking about the stuff that we got. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not talking about, well, you know, the poor people. That's what a lot of people think. Well, you got this poor guy here. You got this homeless guy there. He's not talking about that being blessed. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about poor in spirit. You see... The world puts a whole lot of emphasis on stuff. You get invited places based on the stuff you have, where your place is in society. And you don't get invited to places based on stuff. And ain't that the truth? Everybody's welcome to come to church. Everybody needs Jesus. He went to the, he went to the cross for everyone. Amen? People that's struggling now with drugs and alcohol and, and all kinds of things, and I'm not just calling that out. I'm talking about people that are struggling, need the Lord, and that's why he went to the cross. Because, see, before I got saved, I was, I was a sinner's sinner. Did I say that right? Sinner's sinner. But one day Jesus came into my heart. I'm going to tell you, the day that he came into my heart, I knew I was okay. I knew that something had happened. But ever since then, he has been working and chiseling, working on me. Oh, I just had a thought. Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm going to give you the thought now. Michelangelo, you know, the guy that did the Sistine Chapel and carved and did all these, all these things, was walking down the road one day and there was a big large stone that was there that had been cast out of the quarry. They figured it was not good for anything. He said, but I want it. Go ahead and take it over to where I work at, and my art studio, I guess if you would, and, and just deliver it over there. And he said, why on earth would you want this? He said, because there's an angel in it. It was a rough stone. And friends, you and I are some pretty rough stones but God sees what we can be and what he wants us to be and where he's going to take us 
It's a part of the journey. The quarry cast out the stone, but the Lord said, oh, no. <laughs> Michelangelo said, oh, no, I'm going to do some work on this. And it took some work. You ever, you ever tried to chisel up granite and make it look right and make it be smooth and all that kind of stuff? Not an easy task, especially back then. He didn't have power tools. Hammer and chisel, beating and banging. Sometimes... That's what we're going through with the Lord. And he's talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, Jesus was not talking about stuff. There are people that have more money than they could ever spend in their life. Some might be saved, and that's okay, by the way. Did you know that? And some... Might not be. But the saved one's going to be happy and the one that ain't saved is always going to be miserable. Nothing will never fill that void. They will always search. They will always look. They'll always be looking for somebody. They'll always be looking and searching for something to fill the void that only God can do. And he's talking to us about this. Jesus shows us that what he's looking at is our spirit. You're a body, you're a soul, you're a spirit. And he's looking at our spirit. And you see, he's talking about the poor in spirit. If you look at the word that they use in the Greek, you could actually put beggar in here. And he's saying unless you are a beggar in the spirit, he's not talking that, that we're not... Uh, uh, you know these people, poor old pitiful me, and oh, I'm this. You know, you know the ones, and, and they talk like this, and they're like, and everybody says, oh, they're so humble. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Do you understand that? That's an outward appearance of something, and maybe they are, but they don't have anything to do with being humble before the Lord. And see, the thing that He is showing us is that we need to become spiritual beggars. Lazarus sat outside the rich man's place. You remember begging for food. You see, that's what he was wanting. He was picking up the scraps. And Jesus is sitting here telling us, if you know what, if you're going to follow me, uh, you've you got to be spiritually bankrupt. It's not financial. Jesus wouldn't talk about stuff. None of the stuff here works in heaven. The green stuff, the silver stuff, the, the copper stuff, the blue chairs, the carpet, the pulpit, it don't work in heaven. It ain't going to do a bit of good there. It ain't going to go there. And I told you a few weeks ago, this earth, by the way, and all the stuff that you got, passing on down to your kids and your kids, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if that is getting between you and God, you need to know this is coming a day. It will be destroyed. It ain't going to amount to nothing. It'll be a pile of ashes. And he's talking about spiritual. We have spiritual uh, beings. God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Truth. And so Jesus is giving us something here and I'm taking you somewhere this morning. You see, unless we look at ourselves Not compared to one another. Corinthians tells us that you're foolish when you do that. 
If you compare me with Brother Murphy, then you're foolish. That's the Bible. I'm not saying that you are. We're both preachers, right? If you look at the Christian across the aisle and you're comparing yourself to them or others against others, that's foolish. Paul tells us, don't do that. By the way, it's a sin. Anything in the Bible tells you don't do. Let me tell you this. I'm going to throw this one out there too. There are a whole lot of promises in the Bible, and I could just rattle off a bunch of them now and get you all happy and jumping and skipping, maybe running the pews. But there's some promises in the Bible that ain't good. They're all promises, and they all came from God, and some of them ain't too good. We'll get to that at another time, but that just came in and hit me. But Jesus is talking here about people being poor in spirit. You see, the world looks at us and, and they say, well, you got this and you fit in this cone and you fit in this cone, but the Lord is saying, that's not what I'm talking about. You'll find people say, well, I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as other people. Now, is God the standard or is other people the standard? Hello, somebody give me an answer. I've got my faults, but on the other hand, I've got some good ones. You see, we start weighing the scales. Well, i got more good on this side than i got bad, therefore I must not be too awful, in too bad a shape. Oh, no, that don't work like that. That don't work like that. Pick your sin. Pick whatever it is. It don't work like that. Well, I do this. I feed people. I, 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 I do all these things. I go mow yards. I go help people cut hay. I go build for people. I do all these things. And I hear people talk like that. And you know what it is? It's called justification. It's called self-righteousness. Self-justification is what it is. And that's what the Lord's trying to get out here. This is number one in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It got nothing to do with how much stuff you got. It's got everything to do with how you see God and you see yourself. You see, whenever we stand, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that, that in the sight of God on our best day, our righteousness is like filthy rags. Nobody's going to perform good enough. Oh, we need to be performing because faith without works is dead. So if you've got faith, you're going to have something going on. There's going to be some works that are going to be happening uh, but, but without Jesus, as far as God sees us, oh, we're filthy rags. Brother Murphy, did you know you preached and you buried a lot of people and a lot of people have come to Christ through you. But man, the day that you step away from the Lord Jesus and step away from this word, God will see Dirty rags. A wretched man. That's what he will see. Oh, he still got the souls that he reached because you didn't reach him anyway. You just was following him. Amen. That's the same thing with every one of us. He's the one that works. We let him do the work through us. We learn to preach. We learn to teach. We learn to do all these things. And I thank God for those and everyone that's doing that, taking that, uh, that mantle upon them and doing. But you see, 
We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We need to compare ourselves to an holy God. Uh, uh, if he were to come down in here this morning and, and just walk into this building, don't you realize and know that we would die? We just can't handle his presence. That's why Jesus came. We have to have him. We have to believe in him. And that's where he's talking about the poor in spirit. Whenever I see what I am, even now, been saved all these years, even now when I see what I am compared to him, now I'm poor in spirit because I say, oh, me. Amen. I mean, don't you remember this fellow by the, by the name of, of Peter? And we learned about him in Sunday school this morning. Now, Peter, <laughs> he had a whole lot to say, didn't he? Peter had a whole lot of opinions, didn't he? Can I tell you, more often than not, he was wrong, but I can tell you this, he was never in doubt. He thought he, had, he was the stuff. But then there came a time. You see, he'd walked with Jesus for three and a half years. The man walked on water himself. And there came a time when it was time to stand with Jesus. And he even said he would, and Jesus said, no, you ain't. And he failed. And I think it's John, isn't it? And John shows us that at that moment, their eyes met. Peter had followed, but at a distance. He had denied knowing Jesus, even though he said, I'll go to prison, I'll go to death. Let's go, Jesus, I'm the man. He said, oh, no, you ain't neither. So here's Peter, and it was at that moment, it's, the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. He got to see who he was next to God. When he finally seen who Jesus was, he now became spiritually bankrupt. He was poor in spirit, and when you're poor in spirit, that's when you know you need Jesus. Uh, that's, that's when we get hungry for the Word. Uh, that's when we start doing all of our praying and seeking God, is when we get poor in spirit. Ah, poor in spirit this morning. Stuff going on in my life I don't like. I came to church this morning to get touched. I came to church this morning so that the Lord Jesus uh, could hear you praying and that I could receive a, a touch, a healing touch from Him this morning. You know why? Because I believe that it's true. I believe that He can touch. I believe that He can heal. But so many people are showing up in churches today dressed to the nines, all haughty and proud and doing all these things like the Pharisees. Think they're doing God a favor by showing up to church. Oh my, the favor that was done was done at Calvary on the cross. Amen. Uh, we ain't doing God no favor and showing up. Uh, we're coming in and we're worshiping and we're learning. Uh, we're trying to get a little bit closer to Him. We're trying to get a little bit more like Him. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When we see who God is, we begin to understand just who we are. Paul is another one. Paul, my goodness gracious, now here this fellow was, was a Jew's Jew. 
He was a Pharisee's Pharisee studying under Gamaliel, right? He was also a Roman citizen, right? He had good education. He knew what was going on. He was a persecutor of the Christians. Uh, but there came a day uh, that he had a meeting with Jesus Christ and his life changed. Thank God for him. God used him to write a whole bunch of books over here. A lot of these epistles is what, by his hand or someone writing what he's saying to them. I'm not going to get into all that because I don't know how those people know it. It's not important. It's the Word of God. It came from a man who serves God, but, but that's who Peter was. And, and whenever we look at ourselves, uh, how many of you, God changed your life? How many of you got it all right? All them hands went down real slow, but they went down. He's still changing our life. You see, the thing is, is we have to be poor in spirit. We ain't done yet. We still got some growing to do. Jesus said, therefore, you should be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And nobody in here can raise their hand and say they are perfect like God. But that is the standard that He set. Not my standard. It's not your standard. It's His standard. Amen? Oh. The only way that we have anything going on for us is the grace and the righteousness that is imputed to us from Jesus. And I thank God for Him every day. I, I thank Him every day. I thank Him every day. That's the standard that God puts. And many times we measure ourselves with false standards. We measure ourselves with what we do, what we don't do. And you know what most of those people do? They always find somebody that's weaker than them so that they look good. I mean, I learned that in law enforcement. I had to be a Christian to learn that one. The guy talking the most pointing the fingers, he ain't wanting you looking at him. But you see, when it comes to the church, God sees and knows everything. Amen? <laughs> I, I can name all kinds of problems with Brother Eddie. We've hung out a lot over the years, ain't we? We've done some work, and you've got a lot of problems, buddy. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. So do you, Ken. No, it's true. Look around you today. You're looking at a bunch of imperfect people. But if you're imperfect and you're poor in spirit and you're seeking God out, I'm going to tell you, you're going to find what you need. You see, he's talking this morning about something that starts it off. You see, the thing is, he said in Matthew 18 and 3, he said, Surely I say to you, unless you be, are converted, number one, you've got to be converted. Be born again. Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means see the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? You're not going. That's what the Bible's telling you. You ain't getting there. Jesus said that. I didn't. It's in your Bibles. It may be up on the board if they pulled it up. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, folks, he's talking about salvation here. The thing is, if you don't get the first words that he spoke, none of the rest of it matters. As a matter of fact, none of the rest of it is going to make sense. None of the rest of it is going to be what we want. 
Amen? You got to, number one, get saved. Getting saved means that we turn away from our wicked way. We got Jesus coming into our heart. We repent and we return and walk another way. And that can only happen if he is in us. How many of you tried to stop doing something you know ain't right? I'm going to raise both of my hands because I know I've been there. And without the Lord Jesus, it ain't going to happen. Without the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have the strength to do that. He said that he would send the helper, and that's exactly what the helper's going to do. He's talking about salvation here. You see, we like a, uh, let me go down here, uh, blessed are those uh, who are meek, or blessed are those who hunger, for they shall, and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. We like to hear in that one, but he's talking here, number one, if salvation's not there, if we don't see us uh, compared to who God is, None of the rest of this means anything. Salt and light don't mean anything. Judging people don't mean anything. Loving your enemies don't mean anything. Building your house on the rock doesn't mean nothing. You see what I'm talking about this morning? And we can't receive it unless we're saved. I don't know who in here is saved. I've seen some pretty good fruit. Oh, that's another message, and that's way down there, probably like April or May, because it's at the end, the judging part. See, we can't teach that one until we start laying the foundation. That's what Jesus did, so to do anything different would not be right. His hearers couldn't understand what he was saying. These guys knew what he was talking about. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's the kingdom of heaven? It's where God's throne is. That's where I want to go someday. That's where there's no more pain and sorrow. There's nothing, nothing bad going on. Just being in the presence of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not that you've been facing things and I feel lousy today. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are the ones who see themselves the way the devil sees them and wants to see them and tries to accuse them before our righteous and holy God. Do you see that? So this morning we're going to get ready to pray. And if you have a need this morning, I invite you to come up. You see, most people don't do stuff. You know why he, he touched on this? You can't get saved if you're full of pride. He can't move in here until some things move out. And we're going to give an invitation and pride's going to keep some people in their seats because I know everybody in here has got a need. All of you raised your hands a minute ago. I didn't trick you. The Lord did that. I had no plans for that. That was God. But we have needs this morning. Uh, you're more than welcome to come up and join us at the altar. You can sit where you're at. Where you want to be? Yeah, what do you want to do? Amen. Good for you. What about you, Brother Randy? What do you want to do? Make heaven your home one day. Amen. What do you want to do, sweetie? Love the Lord with all my heart.
There's a psalm that says, Search me, O Lord, and see if there is any wicked way in me. He already knows. The searching is for us so that we can know. You don't pray that prayer until you're ready to hear it. Amen. He said in Chronicles, If my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Humbleness. Humbleness is not a weakness. Humbleness is very powerful. So this morning, Brother George, you got a song for us? This morning, I want to invite you to pray. I first want to invite anybody you may have doubts about whether or not Jesus is Lord of your life. You have, you're not sure about things. I would love to meet you at this altar and pray with you and have a conversation. Hopefully uh, uh, be able to clarify some things for you. But I can tell you this, your life will change. You don't have to give up anything. The bad stuff ain't good for us. You can't be happy with bad stuff. Amen? But I will invite you to come up. I want you to pray. I want you to seek the face of God. If you're hurting this morning and, and your spirit, you, you just need more of Jesus. You just need to have a little more knowledge from the Word. You need to have Him to answer a question for you that you got going on. I promise you that if you don't give up, He will answer the prayer for you. He may do it with somebody praying near you. He may do it through the song we're going to play. But I promise you this, the truth is what sets us free. Nothing else. The truth is what sets us free.